Well, tonight I wanted to speak on remembering the benefits that He has for us. Remembering the benefits that He has for us. Uh, it's important that we don't uh, forget the benefits of Jesus' victory for us. Really very important. Uh, we want to always intentionally be a grateful people for our salvation, and we do this by remembering the benefits He's given to us that the Word of God tells us about. Uh, but before we do that tonight, I thought it also would be a good idea to mention that there are those out there who don't want to remember His benefits. Isn't that a strange statement? Uh, what do you mean they don't want to remember it? No, they really don't. They don't want to go back into the Word of God and see what He's done for us. They always um, want to uh, look ahead to what's the newest revelation out there uh, and, and put aside what the Bible has already said about us, what already He's got given for us. And some are obsessed with looking for new revelations from heaven. Uh, these kind of people are called revelation junkies. Uh, the book of Acts has something to say about that, just so you don't think I'm making this up. In the book of Acts in chapter 17, here the apostle Paul is, uh, has gone um, into the Athens area, and it says, now while Paul was waiting for them in Athens, his spirit was being provoked within him as he observed that the city was full of idols. So he was reasoning in the synagogue with the Jews and the God-fearing Gentiles, and in the marketplace every day with those who had happened to be present, and also some of the, of the Epicurean and Stoic philosophers were conversing with him, and some would, were saying, uh, what would this idle blabber uh, wish uh, to say? Uh, others, uh, he seems to be a proclaimer of strange deities because he was preaching uh, Jesus and the resurrection. And they took uh, him and brought him to the Arapachus, saying, May we know what this new teaching is which you are proclaiming. For you are bringing some strange things to our ears, and we want to know, therefore, what these things mean. Here's the point. Verse 31. Now all the Athenians and the strangers visiting there were used to spending their time in nothing other than telling and hearing of something new. Isn't that something? Oh, tell me about something new, something new. And, you know, this spiritual type of personality that we find here in Acts 17 uh, are like the ones the Apostle Paul describes in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, in verse 6, where he says, For among them uh, are those who enter into the households and captivate weak women weighed down with sins, led on by various impulses, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. I don't know about you, but I have met many people, not to, not to be women, who are always learning and never coming to the knowledge of the truth. The revelation junkies fall into this category. You know, because there are people, uh, I hear it all the time, don't tell me what I already have heard. Tell me something I haven't heard. I know it. Why are you speaking this again in church? We know about these things. Tell us new revelations. You know, it's amazing. 2,000 years has gone by, and they're still with us. Uh, and the sad part is they're food for the cults and every self-serving Christian group that will never advance the kingdom of God. Uh, it's very sad. Uh, yes, not only do birds of a feather flock together, but revelation junkies flock together as well. Don't go there. Uh, it should not be a problem for us to look back 
and remember what is written in the Word of God and hear it again and again. Amen. It's not a problem to hear something I've heard before. And let me say that again. It shouldn't be a problem for us. Paul tells us in Philippians chapter 3, in verse 1, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things again is no trouble to me, and it is a safeguard for you. It isn't a problem to hear the same thing again and again. Why? Because we forget. We forget, and it's a safeguard for us to remember. That's why we need to hear the things of the Word of God over and over and over. As uh, Jesus tells us, the enemy comes to steal that the Word that was sown. There's competing things all day long in our minds uh, to try to steal the Word of God from us. And we leak. We take a drink of water, and it's gone. We leak it out of us. We hear the things of God, and it leaks out of us because we need to hear it again and again and be filled again and again. So tonight, let's look at what we're not to forget and what to re we're to remember again and again. Let's go to Psalm 103. Um, let me see here. Psalm 103, uh, verses 1 to 5. We have a good summary here list of these things. Um, now, remember here in the Psalms, you basically have the songbook of the tabernacle. This is their songbook. This is not, this is a book of poetry. It's not read like a narrative like Exodus. This is a poetic reading. It's their feelings, their emotions being poured out before God and towards each other. And um, although we don't know some of the original tunes that they had, although some claim they do know, but I don't know how accurate that is. Uh, but this is something that is not read quietly. Uh, for example, we might read this, bless the Lord of my soul and all that is within me. That's not how this is supposed to be read. Actually, it's supposed to be sung. They're supposed to shout this out. I, I won't do that tonight. But screaming at the top of their lungs, bless the Lord, oh my soul. This is supposed to be something they're proclaiming with joy, with intensity, with fervor, with everything in their being. And so that's something to remember when we read this. So be careful. Don't read it like real late at night with your windows open and you start screaming. Uh, people will not understand. But it, really, this is how we're supposed to be approaching these type of uh, psalms, this particular one especially. So keep that in mind as we're reading this. This is something they're proclaiming with, with all the being they have within them. Bless the Lord, verse 1, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Verse 2, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Here they come. Verse 3, number 1, who forgives all your iniquities. Number 2, who heals all your diseases. Verse 4, number 3, who redeems your life from destruction. Verse uh, number four, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Verse five, number five, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. That's what we want to look at tonight. Let's just pray here. Father God, may we be a people tonight, Lord, uh, that leave here and not forget 
all your benefits. That, Father, it would be on our lips day by day and our minds day by day. That, Father God, we would be a grateful people, Lord, walking in what you have already done for us in Christ that we would see done in our lives on a daily basis, Father, lived out. Father God, may we be a people that remember, Lord God, and are grateful for all you have done. And we thank you for this in the name of Jesus. Amen. So we need to remember here all his benefits. Uh, hey, when people have jobs and their jobs give them benefits, it makes them smile, right? It puts a sigh of relief on them. They breathe a sigh of relief. But when people have jobs that don't give them benefits, it makes them groan. Uh, you know, we have to stop and we have to remember that all in life is trying to make us groan. And all these obstacles of life that scream at us real loudly daily, uh, they want to get, get us to groan. But we need to breathe a sigh of relief. We have benefits from the living God. And you're going to do one or the other, right? We're either going to groan or we're going to smile. I say go with the smile. Be a people that remember how good your God is. Because the enemy is never going to tell you of what God has done for you. He'll always show you what you don't have. He's never going to remind you of how good the Lord has already been. And as David encouraged himself in the Lord, it says in the Scriptures, and he had a lot going wrong for him. Saul was trying to kill him. Not a good scene. And yet he remembers the Lord's goodness. You know, we need to be encouraging ourselves constantly in the Lord. We need to be in His Word to find out what are those benefits, to constantly keep them before us and encourage ourselves in the Lord. That's what I was doing today, and I was having a great day. I, I really was. The evil one is leading us into miseries of groans. Holy Spirit leads us into joyful smiles. Christians should always have that dopey look on their face that smiles because they have the joy of the Lord that's in them. Amen. So let's look at some of these benefits that we need to remember that Jesus' victory has already obtained them for us. The first one here, who forgives all your iniquities. Isn't that great to know? Isn't that really great to know that we're forgiven? I mean, there's no greater joy on this earth to know that you're right with God. And there was nothing you could do to make it happen. No greater joy. He puts these desires in us that we would have joy. Man's problem is a nature problem. Uh, he has the nature of Satan. He has the nature of spiritual death. And there's nothing he can do about it himself to eradicate it. It's a joy to know that our sin nature has been eradicated. Father God desires that we not just have forgiveness of sin, but the removal of the very nature of it. And we receive that new nature the nature of righteousness, which is a right standing with Him. And I did nothing to make it happen. I'm just a recipient of it. That is so cool. Uh, that's why in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it tells us, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new cre creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Got to constantly remember that. I'm a new creature. I need to walk that way. And my physical man will tell me, oh, no, you're not. And I have to tell it, oh, yes, I am. Uh, you know, iniquity here in the Bible, it, it's a very specific word. It refers to the depth of sin. Iniquity, how far and deep 
it reaches, and the need to have a right standing with God that's lacking. Jesus took away for me and for you, right, that nature of sin and gave me a new nature of righteousness. Amen. Our soul, mind, intellect, personality, our memories, our emotions, the uniqueness of our personalities are not born again. Uh, and since our soul still sins, Father God has provided us a way of cleansing. Even when we miss it, God is still on our side. If he uh, is not on our side, he would have left us alone, condemned, and helpless. But that's not the case. He gave us the provision of 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, that if we confess our sins, he is faithful to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Right? God is holy. He doesn't condone, uh, condone or wink at sin. But uh, Jesus is the great sin cleanser for us. As it goes on to say, if any man uh, sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus the righteous. An advocate means a lawyer, someone who will plead your case, speak on your behalf, because you don't know how to speak on your own. Jesus is my advocate that shows me the way back to the Father as I place my faith in his name, in his accomplished works at the cross, I'm cleansed from all unrighteousness. Hey, that's a benefit Blue Cross and Blue Shield is not going to give you. I like that benefit. Amen. Glory to God. Number two here, who heals all your diseases. You know, all men, whether they know Christ as their Savior or not, want deliverance from sickness and disease. All men want, know that these are enemies, right? Sickness and disease are related to death, and all men fear death if they don't know Christ as their Savior. Uh, the uh, poet Henry Thoreau uh, once wrote, the mass of men lead lives of quiet desperation. What he's writing about is they fear the day they'll die. And why do they fear? Because there's no hope beyond the grave. It's all over. Thank God for the believer who knows Jesus is Savior. That is not the way it is. For those that don't know Christ, there is no hope. They see all things end at the grave. But of course, if we are, have our hope in Christ, we know we have the hope of glory in us. Amen. So healing here, we see in Scripture, is available to us uh, from the cross of Christ. It's a, something that's been settled for 2,000 years. Healing came to us 2,000 years ago, and it's mine. Now, there's three different positions, basically, on healing in, in Christianity. The first one holds to the belief that healing from God is not available today because healing and miracles ended in the first century. When the uh, apostles ended, healing ended. Boo! The second... Uh, the second one says the belief that God only heals in an uh, uh, answer to special prayer or special acts of faith. Uh, it's according to his will, his own mind on the matter. God is capricious. He'll choose who gets healed and who doesn't get healed. We can't have any confidence that all can be healed. Boo! Stinky. The third position is teaches that uh, healing for the body is our legal right of every child of God. And we receive healing the same way we receive salvation uh, for the remission of sin on the grounds of by faith, 
and in Jesus' accomplished works at the cross. Yay! I live in the third position. And I wish we could spend a whole sermon just on this. Today we can't. But um, the Lord has it for us that he heals all our diseases. And that's something we should never forget, constantly have on our lips in a daily, I would recommend a daily Thanksgiving. A lot of people read Psalm 103 every day as a personal prayer devotion in the morning to say, bless the Lord today. Look what he's done for me. Because if you're not, you're going to forget. And the lies are out there to blind your mind. All right, the third one we have here is who redeems our life from destruction. Another fear of men, destruction. And yet we have promises in the Word of God in Psalm 91. We're not going to look at the whole psalm right now. Uh, but Psalm 91 is a classic psalm which talks about he has redeemed me from destruction. Right? In Psalm 91, those of you who have, who have readers of Psalm 91 out there, no hands. There are. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Right. He delivers me from the snare of the trapper. He delivers me from the deadly pestilence. No evil shall befall me. Right? He protects me from the terror of the night and the arrow that flies by day and the destruction at noonday. A thousand may fall at my side and ten thousand at my right hand, but it shall not approach me. And we could go on and on. Every believer should memorize Psalm 91. I, I think this is one of them. And you know, I've known many people who speak this aloud every morning. Psalm 91. It's their, part of their morning prayer time to set their day remembering, my God is with me today. Nothing coming against me uh, could befall me. I remember one time uh, we were on vacation. It was, actually, it was the first cruise uh, my wife and I ever took. And we went to New England and Canada. And uh, um, I think it was the second stop we had. We were in Maine. We were in Bahaba, in Bahaba, Maine. And we were walking the streets. And I don't, I don't know if it was exactly at noonday, but there was a post office there. I said, oh, I gotta get some stamps. So I went to this little teeny tiny post office, got some stamps, walked outside, I was standing, one foot on the sidewalk, one foot on the curb, and this car parked there, this little old lady, whoa, backed right into me, knocked me back on the sidewalk, and then took off. And I'm like, she hit me. <laughs> she hit me. And I'm like, didn't hurt. It, it didn't hurt. I mean, she knocked me on the sidewalk. I didn't fall down. She knocked me on the sidewalk, and it didn't hurt. And there wasn't even a bruise the next morning. No destruction that lays waste at noon is going to hurt me. Amen. In fact, I, very soon after that, I thought of Psalm 91. As Rosemary had a smile on her face, she hit you. I, said, I know she hit me. I remember clearly. It was, she went bang. It's good thing it was a small car. Uh, but I was like, incredible. <laughs> I'm on vacation. This is a cruise. I'm not supposed to be hit by a car. Uh, so it was like a bizarre thing. But the blessings of Psalm 91, no destruction shall overtake me at noonday. I remember one time I was riding through Beechwood. I'll give you one more. Uh, many, many years back. And, uh, and I don't know if you know Beechwood, but there's um, usually there's stop signs on some streets, stop signs on no streets. So I'm going down the street that has the uh, right of way, and all the cross streets have stop signs. And about I don't know, maybe a hundred feet 
before I got to this uh, corner that had the stop sign, I heard loudly in me, stop! I stopped the car, and this guy flies through the stop sign at like 60 miles an hour, which you're not supposed to do in Beachwood. And if I had just gone a few feet more, I would have been in the woods. I mean, to get hit at 60 miles an hour, how would I have it that day? I had a Ford Maverick. Probably would have been in two woods all the way down. Wow! The destruction laid for me at noonday did not touch me. And I didn't have to think about it or be prayed up before I got there. Amen? My God knows how to keep His people. You better believe I had praise and thanksgiving on my lips for days. I remember, no destruction shall overcome but me. Amen. So, you know, uh, we have this knowledge that if we leave this world, we're in His presence. And we've been rescued from the most important of issues, and that's eternal destruction. Not knowing Christ as your personal Savior, not being, as the Bible calls, born again, awaits an eternal destruction for everyone who has not found Christ. Thank God we have, as believers, been redeemed from the eternal destruction. Amen. I want to be grateful for that at all times on my lips. All right, number four here. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. This is so cool. Only God can do this. Now, a crown means you have found favor, and it can be seen by all. Uh, this phrase is a direct byproduct of being in covenant with Him. The Bible is a covenant document. When you're reading it, you're reading the covenant. You're reading the, uh, the details of what He has uh, given us, and the Bible becomes our covenant document spelling out the blessings of the covenant for the believer. And uh, that phrase, loving kindness, uh, is a covenant word. It means because you're in covenant with someone stronger than you, their love is overpowering and overflooding you because you're in covenant with them. It's because I'm in covenant with Jesus that his loving kindness overwhelms me. I should be expecting this every day. I should be reminding myself I'm a covenant man, right? You're a covenant woman of God, that you're in covenant with the Lord God of all creation. Um, you know, when you look at it, we don't have time to talk about covenant in detail, but, uh, you know, when people get married, they're creating a covenant, right? They're making a covenant. Uh, scripturally speaking, they're cutting a covenant together. And uh, all that is with the other person is now yours. Their strengths now become your strengths, right? Let's say you don't have a lot of money, and you marry someone who has a lot of money, and you get married. Guess what? That's now your money, unless you were dumb enough to sign a prenuptial agreement. Assuming you didn't do that, which is not love, uh, you are entering into covenant with this person, and now you are receiving the blessings of being in covenant with them, right? And likewise, when I receive Christ as my Savior, I get the blessings of being in covenant with the Lord God of all creation. The Lord God of all creation, I'm now His covenant partner. I'm now a recipient of the covenant. One type of covenant is uh, called uh, where a, a, a stronger makes a covenant with the weaker. Um, there's a story, um, uh, 
Stanley Livingston. Remember Dr. Livingston, I presume? He was a Christian missionary in Africa. And um, he, one of the ways he survived from not being killed was uh, making covenants with these tribes that he would pass through their territory. And uh, by making a covenant with them, they would protect him. They were the stronger, he was the weaker. And he benefited from being in covenant with them. There was one time when he had to uh, be in covenant with a particular tribe, and the only thing he had was a goat. And the goat milk was supposed to be very beneficial for him. He had a lot of physical problems. And uh, the chief of the tribe wanted his goat. Because one way of making covenants is you exchange gifts, right? When you get married, you exchange rings and exchange of gifts. And it has to be a gift of value. So the, so the, uh, the chief wanted his goat. He didn't want to give up his goat. And, but he knew he had to. He gave the chief the goat, and the chief gave him this big spear with feathers on it. He was like, great, what am I going to do with this? He did not understand, obviously. So they let him pass through the territory. But wherever he went, and he found a tribe that he was not in covenant with, when they saw the spear, they stood far away from him because it meant, I'm in covenant with this tribe. And if you touch me, you touch them. And this was a strong tribe. They will wipe you out. And he had safe passage wherever he went as long as he carried the spear with him because he was seen as a covenant man. Isn't that good news? When I'm a, in, in covenant with Christ, right? He's the covenant stronger. I'm the covenant weaker. And now I have nothing to offer him, right? When you get born again, you know Christ is your Savior. You have nothing to offer him. He has everything to offer you. As our Jewish friends would say, that's a good deal. And the covenant stronger comes in the covenant with me, and I now have the blessings of things I could have no access to. He crowns me, open favor for everyone to see with loving kindness, and his mercies toward me are always tender. Amen. Isn't that good to know? If, if people were raised with a parent that would smack in the head every time they didn't like something, that's not my God. That's not my Father God, right? He doesn't treat us like that. It's tender mercies upon us always. That's good news. That's got to make you smile. It makes me smile. Okay, number five here. Who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. You know, there are things that um, here represented that are, these are things deeply satisfying to our souls. Now, what price do you put on peace of mind? What price do you put on peace in your heart? Knowing that you are in right standing with the Almighty God. Knowing that because He favors you, no one on the face of this earth can take you out of His presence. Right? As Jesus tells you, no one can snatch us out of the Father's hands. What price do you put on something like that? Right? He satisfies us with deeply satisfying things to our souls. And uh, this satisfaction represents the deep joy that we have, that we know we're blessed of Him. And I don't have to do anything to earn it. I don't have to be my perfect self today, which I couldn't be anyway if I wanted to be. It just comes to me anyway because I'm in covenant with Him. Wow. When we come to Christ, He improves our lives, right? Jesus promises us in John chapter 10, verse 10, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. 
in the Greek, that means a higher quality of life. Jesus didn't come to give me life, but a higher quality of it that I can't have unless he gives it to me. That's amazing. Only Jesus can give me the abundant life I would crave for that this speaks of, that higher quality that comes from the spirit and not from the natural, a type of life you can't find in the natural apart from him, a supernatural infusion of God's presence in us. It brings us satisfaction that nothing in in the natural realm can give us. Amen? Amen. Satisfies my mouth with good things. Glory to God. So that my youth is renewed as the eagles. Now, there's a lot that could be said about this, but um, in our youth, being renewed is a picture of eternal life, a higher quality of life. Even though our bodies would grow old uh, and be mortal, I don't know if you knew the word mortal means death doomed. It means we're heading to physically into a grave one day, but there's good news, I can still live. Isn't that good news? I mean, why, why do you count how old you are? I know some have already stopped counting, I know. But why did you ever, ever count how old you are for? Because you're counting to the day you'll one day die. And when you consider when Adam sinned, it tells us how many years he lived, but that only started after he sinned. That was the only time to start counting his age. Why would you? He was eternal. But because of sin, now counted to the day he would physically leave this world. The good news is my youth is renewed with a higher quality of life. And one of the best examples we have in the Bible is Caleb. Remember Caleb from the book of Exodus um, and the book of Joshua? We have a perfect picture of this. For sure, Caleb is a covenant man walking in the blessings of the covenant. Uh, Just to look at one thing briefly, in uh, Joshua chapter 14, it tells us here in verse 10, And now behold, the Lord has let me, this is Caleb talking, and now behold, the Lord has let me live. Just as he has spoke these 45 years from the time the Lord spoke word to Moses, this Moses, who when Israel walked in the wilderness, and now behold, I am 85 years old today. And I am still strong, as strong today as I was in the day Moses sent me. He was one of the spies. As my strength was with then, so is my strength now for war, for going out and coming in. This guy is 85 years old, and he's not senile. Okay, so he's not, he's, he's not talking stupid here. Wow, wow, that's amazing. Verse 12, he doesn't want to settle and retire. Verse 12, now then give me the hill country from which the Lord has spoken on that day, that you heard on that day, where the Anakin were there. Those are giants. With great fortified cities, perhaps the Lord will be with me, and I shall drive them out as the Lord had spoken. So Joshua blessed him and gave Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, for an inheritance. Therefore, Hebron became an inheritance for Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kesanite, until this day. And behold, he followed the Lord of God of Israel fully. Wow, at 85 years old, this guy wants to rid the, of the land of giants. That's amazing. Not, it's time to retire. I've earned retirement. No, not, it's time to move to Florida. 
remember the joke? It's the law. You have to move to Florida. Tell your story about that. Uh, that. That was a joke spontaneously said by uh, 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 Seinfeld on, on, on the uh, Johnny Carson Tonight Show one time. Uh, I, I don't know, he said something like, how's your parents? Oh, my parents, they moved to Florida. They're seniors now. It's the law. You have to move to Florida. They're Jews. They have to go to Florida. All right, here's a joke. So anyway, <laughs> we had somebody here who was a Jewish Christian. They were Jewish, but they were a believer in Christ. And I said to them, so you're 65 now. You're a Jew. You have to go to Florida. It's the law. And she looked at me. I went, uh-oh, she never heard the Seinfeld joke. <laughs> so I have to explain myself, apologize five times. Then she laughed. <laughs> so not everyone heard that joke. But no, he doesn't want to move to Florida. Nice Jewish man. No. He doesn't say, Mrs. Caleb, let's go travel and spend our children's inheritance. No, I want more action. 85-year-old men don't say this. But he's a covenant man, and he's walking as a covenant man of God. You know, one thing we learn here from this, you're never useless due to age in the kingdom of God. Amen. You realize that? If you're older and maybe can't do as much, can you pray? You better believe it. Does the devil fear you? You better believe it. When you get up in the morning, I'm up now, devil. You're in trouble. I pray. Amen. You never are too old in the kingdom of God to serve. If you can pray, you can do that till your oldest days and have great effect in the kingdom of God. Truly, when uh, the servants of God's servants get to heaven, maybe they're pastors, maybe they started churches, and they're waiting for the pastor's crown because they started a church, it'll go to some little old lady who had prayed to start that church that they never even heard of. Amen. Amen. There's a true story. There was this evangelist uh, who had touched thousands of people's lives, and his parents were saved in a church um, that was started by two little old ladies. They literally claimed this field. This is like the 1920s. They claimed this field for a church, and they started pulling weeds out. Well, it's going to be our church. Somebody drives by, quite wealthy, and says, what are you doing? True story. Oh, we're, we're, we're building a church. He went, you are? What kind of banking loan do you have? Oh, we don't have any money. God told us we're supposed to have a church here. You know what the guy said? Well, that's ridiculous. I better pay for this for you. How about that? Didn't even know he was being used to God. That's your story. How about that? So, you know, hey, glory to God. You know, uh, no matter how old you are, you have value in the kingdom of God. Amen. You have value. So unless our youth is renewed like the eagle, which is the shedding of the old feathers and taking on new feathers, which represents a new vigor, a new stamina, that's another sermon, we don't have anything. But in Christ, we have our youth is renewed as the eagles. Amen. Isn't that good news? Your body may physically age, but there's benefits for you. In the kingdom of God, you just get more used. Right? Now you have years of uh, experience to give others that don't have it. You have time to spend to pray. And only God knows, right? Only God knows the service of those uh, that serve the Lord. And we're impressed with outward circumstances, right? Who's the best looking? Who has the most money? Who speaks the loud? Whatever. God is not impressed with the outward appearance. 
He's pressed with those who reach out in faith, hold on to the Word of God by faith, and people usually that uh, uh, the populace are not impressed with. God's impressed with. Because God only is impressed by people who reach out in faith. Amen. Amen. And that could be anybody. So, gosh, you know, hey, your youth is renewed as the eagles. You always have value in the kingdom of God, regardless of how old you are. Amen. All the gray hairs or no hairs can smile. Praise the Lord. Okay, so we have here today, we're talking about the benefits that are in the Lord. And uh, these are results, as I said, of being covenant men and women of God. And, you know, we don't have to search for new revelations. Uh, we need to walk in the ones we already have in the Word of God. I cannot emphasize that enough. Now, don't get me wrong. Holy Spirit, you know, leads us into new personal revelation. Absolutely. He leads us into prophetic understandings of the days that we live in. More light comes from the Word of God. Yes, absolutely. But such revelations are never meant that we push aside the benefits we already have in Christ that we're meant to walk in, talk about, pray about, and constantly encourage one another about. We are to be a people remembering who we are in Christ. And you know, as we look at this very small picture here in Psalm 103 that we looked at, uh, we also see the great exchange take place here. There's a prophetic uh, revealing here of what Jesus would do one day on the cross for us. And this change, exchange here in verse 3, exchanging iniquity for forgiveness of sin and right standing. Uh, exchanging disease for healing. Uh, verse 4 here, exchanging the pit of despair for being redeemed. He has redeemed my life from destruction and has given me purpose as a believer. Amen. Amen. And in verse 5 here, we're living out uh, this. And uh, if we do not have a covenant God, we have nothing. But because we have a covenant God, we are, have the great exchange and the abundant life that's in Christ and the covenant blessings we have. Amen? I'd like to encourage um, our, our, our prayer teams, our deacons, pastors, if they have available to come up here uh, for some prayer today. Because I wouldn't want to leave here tonight without uh, extending these benefits to you personally. Don't know everyone that's here tonight, but what benefits do you need? Uh, is there forgiveness of sin that's needed? You know, have you received that new nature that's in Christ Jesus, that Jesus brings us? Uh, being raised in a church or in a home that are believers, that's wonderful, but that's not going to help unless you apply it to yourself. As, the, as we learn, God has no grandchildren, only children. Each one of us have to have our own path with Him, our own connection made with Him. Uh, so today, I don't know who's here. That can be an opportunity for you if you've never done that before. It's not a good idea. It's a mandatory idea. It's the most important decision of a lifetime. We need to receive on a personal level and come into a covenant relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, is there a need for healing here? Uh, obviously, a lot of folks have been attacked in body and in mind. We have healing teams available tonight to pray for you. Do, don't leave tonight without healing being offered into you in prayer if you have that need for your bodies. 
I know some folks are, uh, have family members that are deeply challenged within their bodies tonight. Come in proxy for them too. We can pray and join our faith together. Amen? That the Lord would touch them. We've certainly seen many, many answers to prayer over the years. Why not having more tonight? So our altar's available tonight for the uh, prayer teams and uh, would come up please. Our prayer ministers, our deacons, deaconesses, if you please come up. Uh, if you haven't received Christ as your Savior tonight, He offers you a new life. The most important decision of a lifetime. And tonight can be your night for that. If you need agreement tonight from prayer for healing, maybe you don't know anything about it. I think these people know about it. They'll be able to pray with you and, and, and minister to you. You've received healing, sister, right? You've received healing in your life. You've prayed with people and received healing. Amen. I know you had, that's why I said that. Praise God. You know, hey, no one should, able, no one should be walking alone. You're never alone. When you enter into the body of Christ, there's a body of believers waiting to stand and believe with you and for you. Amen? And that's one of the greatest privileges of being in the body of Christ, that we need one another. So as we close tonight, uh, I just wanted to make that available so anyone has a need for prayer. Please don't leave tonight without prayer. Let's just close in prayer right now. Father God, we just thank you today, Lord, for the benefits of being a believer. We remember the benefits, Father, of being in Christ tonight. And Lord God, we only touched on such a few. And there's so many, Lord God, but to be in right standing with you, to be your covenant partner, Lord God, because of Jesus, my covenant brother, my covenant stronger. There is no greater relationship I can have, Father, in eternity. And it starts right here on this earth, to being connected with the living God. We thank you, Father God, that you made the first move towards us, Lord God, a move we could have not have made on our own, that you were the covenant stronger that aggressed us. And yet you invite us to ask you in. You never force your way in. You invite us. Lord God, we yield our will to you tonight. Those that are watching on the internet in some capacity, Father, we yield our will to you tonight, Father God, believing, Father God, that the abundant life that's available in Christ Jesus would enter into us tonight. That, Father God, we would not leave this building or shut off uh, YouTube or Facebook without knowing that we are a people with benefits. And we're going to remember them, Father God, every day, that the benefits of being in Christ. We thank you, Lord God. Your mercy, your mercy endures forever. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name tonight. Amen.